Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, we're burning fire tonight. We're burning. Put your kettles on. I first thought both these guys were afflicted with weaponized autism, but I realized that was actually a thing <laughs> they were doing, not just listening to the sound of skin rub because it makes them comfort. Tonight. No, remember, remember in grade school when they told you to do this and then you'd look in your hands, there'd be black stuff on your hands? Remember? For the record, technically, uh, I have not been diagnosed with autism, but I'm starting to realize that I'm for sure somewhere on a spectrum. Oh, please. Oh, <laughs> was... I don't know what's Man. more disturbing. <laughs> Everyone do their weird things right now. I can do this. <laughs> I, I can do, watch this. I can do it like this. That's pretty good. All right. So, we've proven we're all mutants on air live in the podcast. Welcome back. I can climb up. Walls. What is this, 27? 20 fucking 7. 2 7. As Trevor said, this is the podcast in the evolution of a podcaster where either you get real famous or you die or both, right? Wait, no. We get famous and die, or right. we just bleed into obscurity and nobody ever knows of us. Right. It's a big fork in the road right here. <laughs> so, after this week, watch out on the boulevard. So, that's why I brought the gun. I figured. Oh, wait. No, I no. No, next week you bring the gun because if we're not famous, oh, right. next we bustered. Right, we bustered. I, I brought the gun. So the, sui- so the suicide pact has I been signed, right? You did realize you signed that when you joined the team, right? Like next week, like that's it. Like we're drawing the pentacle on the yeah. ground. Even going, though it's called the, the gate. even though it's called thirty nine, trying to story after twenty seven, you're done. Either you make it or you. Because it's like life. You thought you had more years. Oh, okay. Well, hey, <laughs> Jesus, crazy. Wow. Well, well, I want to give a shout out to uh, to my boy Mick who uh, has had his baby. Speaking more years, yeah. Mick, aka our numero uno fan. I see the reports and I get analytics, and I'm I was following like, man, this dude. He's like, this guy's listening to every episode. Every episode turns out to be one of your best buddies. Yeah, good guy. Solid, so what solid. happened? What's his big news? He yeah, was he here just tonight. His, he just had his it. baby. He stopped by earlier. Uh, so little baby Mia. Like, Mila, Mila, Mila yes, like Mila, yes. yeah, yeah, right, hundred percent. We love you. So welcome to the world. And, and she honestly, is now our youngest fan. We have put her on a steady diet of thirty-nine drunken disorderlies. She, yeah, she's like number one point five. She was actually uh, listening to it prenatally through the womb. He was holding up, uh, holding speaker up to her belly. We don't know if that's actually true, but it sounds like a good story. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and it's good. reassuring when like a solid person like that. Um, you know, bring someone else into the world. Like it's, it's yeah, like it's thank God. Like yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah, right. We Makes just good. doubled our podcast audience. Right. Yeah. There. yeah right there. <laughs> that's, what? That's the caliber of person number. That's right. what gets us fans. Right. No, we just. All right. Go. So if you like this show, breed. Breed and tell your <laughs> breed and tell your kids to like, and, comment, subscribe. And we probably won't be famous until like for another thirty nine years, and then all those fans will grow up and Boom. love this right. shit. Give it time. <laughs> Slow burn. <laughs> Just hope there's a lot of twins. You know what I mean? Like, right. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's Go like redneck. a it's like a Bursi family. We just gotta expand. Just Go gotta... redneck. That's a weird ask for pot. You know, everyone's like, like my thing. Subscribe. Tell a friend if we're like have children. Yes, and have make children. Them fans of our. That's thing. right. That's right. That's a good. That's how you know you have influence over your uh, over your audience. I name I name my baby thirty nine DD. Just like just like you no know, nine thousand kids either named Lars, Trevor, I named my or Bob. Baby Big Bob. You know what I mean? <laughs> like really? Again, right. another Big Bob is always like five foot four guys. I'm Big Bob. <laughs> yeah, I'm Big Bob the third. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna end up tracing a massive population spike due back to the launch of this podcast. 
That's brilliant. You heard it here now first, boys and girls. If you we're were born, if you were born in like the next year or so, it's because of me. We got so uh, Wayne House tonight. Yeah, here we go. We got K Rock in the house. Yeah, Kareem. What? Uh, where, where'd you get that tonight? What do you brought? We, we caught him with a mouthful. Talk with your mouthful. He's yeah. uh, chomping. This is his episode favorite. Week in, week out. We need to get them as a sponsor. <laughs> this is across the the way from the Starbank convenience. He hits Jamaican patties exactly. every week. It's, it's just from across thing. the way there. Yeah, eh? It's just across the street. Because you can't get it from far and then bring it because then it's like cold and at stale. At that point, it would just yeah, you get, be good. You got to like get a, it fresh. You're like a buck seventy-five. I'm a Jamaican yeah, patty like fiend, man. I, I always like I'm, I, I like to go back to like Warden or Victoria Park days, like you know, like the those subway stations. Bathurst. Bathurst. Remember those? Yeah. TTC station. Yeah. Any any other shout outs? Do you go spicy or mild? Yeah, spicy. It's got spicy. Do they sell chicken ones too? Or are they just straight up beef, spicy or mild? I never ask if they sell chicken or not. I just they also have you, have you tried for a spicy beef patty. That's it. Mm, that's what you just go He's for a it. Purist, yeah, and then they have the Korean style pancake or whatever that is. Right, Chinese Chinese pancake. Chinese yeah, pancake. Yeah, it's like a. Have you heard of that? Some kind of pork pancake. Uh, I don't know. Have you pork ever Have you ever got so, the patty with the bun on it? <laughs> no no they do that at young and dundas if you go like a block north that's on the, the west thing, side we, that's, that's the thing, thing i shared with him yeah. today i shared him a meme and it's a <laughs> it's meme a, of meme like a like, like a, like a sub a submarine bun with a yeah with and a they they bake the bun it. and stuff my my the bartender at my work swears by this guy brenton he's he showed really? me one day and he's like yo come check this out and he, he got it for me sandwich yeah, yeah so i'll check it out cocoa bun yeah it's too many carbs it's too many don't do it it's too many do it once do it once and then you want to lean out for your fights Right. For sure. So yeah. that so and how make weight. And then in the, the rest in house tonight, um, we got Luna. We got Luna in oh, the house. Shit. Uh, I want to. I should say this. Uh, Camille was here earlier, and she mentioned I was editing and listening to uh, previous podcasts, and uh, she was like, oh, "I love Kareem's voice." So people love your voice. Yeah, talk, Kareem, talk you more. Could, talk more, could. Kareem. I mean, Weirdly your enough, voice this and is your not accent. the first time I've heard that. Of course not. Yeah, you have the voice of a, an African king. For, Everyone loves yeah, it. But for me, it's weird. I don't like my voice. Really? No. Well, of course you yeah, don't. It's on. your fucking voice. Okay, I don't like it either. I just had to go through this for like hours today because I'm singing in a musical. And okay. I tried to tell these people, my directors, that I don't like my sound of my voice. And they're like, then, we don't care. Then don't sing. Like, fuck you. You don't like it. Like, that's your opinion. <laughs> then like, what you should do is act like you're someone with a different voice. Well, yeah. No, honestly, you know what? Kareem, I think it's funny. I was going to touch on that today because I wanted to talk right. today a little bit about one of the other topics that's heavy in the entire 39 Disorderlies chain, which, which is, is music. Right. Because sure. I, I forgot. I, I mean, I forget when you tell these stories that people don't know the background. To some extent, the punk rock background. Yeah, that I played in bands basically the entire time that I was also a total drunk and disorderly asshole. And I realized how much that influenced me the other day when I ran into a bunch of old bandmates just randomly, one after the other. And it occurred to me that I played with a lot of people. And I hate the sound of my own voice recorded, which is one of the only reasons that we ever sounded good. Because whenever. I would listen right. to shit. I'd be like, nope, do it again. And you, you, you know, get to the situations where in the studio where your, your bandmates look at you like, if we record this song one more fucking time, 
I'm going to strangle myself with my own bass strings. Like, I don't the, care the anymore. Fin- right. They're going to Fincher look like, yeah. How yeah. many, when you were in studio and you were recording a song, how many takes of it to get like the one or were you recording Depends. in pieces? Depends. Usually? Sometimes one take. Um, it, we did various things over the years. We went from extraordinarily unprofessional, like, you know, microphone live off the floor, you know. Right, like garage band. Yeah, yeah. Thing. When we were yeah, teenagers yeah. to like having people who ran the studios, you know, set up mics and try to record us and then, we, and again, to varying degrees of professionalism. Sometimes you had guys who were really talented and knew what they were doing. And other, guys, other times you just had dudes who had a recorder. We're like, okay, so we're going to record you and uh, we'll see how it works, right? Mm. What was it like in some of those more professional settings where things seemed a little more um, manicured, but like you still had to kind of get that raw, authentic sound? Like, what was that like? Um, I always offended the shit out of sound techs and stuff mm. because I'd be like, no, here's the thing. Exactly that. Exactly that. Uh, I'd be like, the reason that we are a punk band and it sounds good is because I don't do the things that you just suggest that I do. Right. He's like telling you like microphone technique. and So like... I'm not going to do that. Right. And you're going to record it. And then what you're going to do is it's how all punk rock works. The guy looks at me and it's funny because I actually had a couple of guys who were like, their jaws dropped. I'm like, you're just going to turn the gain up. Right. <laughs> and make me louder. <laughs> because when you professionally mix the guitar, the bass and the drums together, all you really want is my loud screaming voice, just loud enough that you can hear me alongside them. Right. It doesn't make any sense. That's okay. It's punk rock. Right. And the truth of the matter is, it does make sense. It does sound, you can't understand what's going on. The problem is cleaning up punk rock in the, audio, in, in the studio is exactly what killed Offspring. Hmm. Right? Like their first couple albums. Offspring. They're yeah. great. The Shout out to oh, Offspring. Man. My absolute favorite oh, album of all time mm-hmm. is Offspring Smash. In high school, I used to listen to that. That, off, that album crazy. is one of the few albums in history that is good cover out. to cover. That's a rare thing for a band. I can't name a, a dozen right. records that are right. good cover to cover, but Offspring, Offspring Smash. And, like, fired you up. Good right. cover just, to cover. Yeah. Then, they sold, then, then yeah. they sold out to Sony hmm. and ended up getting overproduced. And they became less and less enjoyable. Like, Our focus groups are finding that they like. So I realized that I realized screaming. that music led to like half of this persona because it was my go-to. It was my fallback for being sort of a crazy guy who didn't think he had much of this life left. You know, mm-hmm. uh, punk rock was a, a salvation, not a. Some people think of it as an escape, or like a you know it's a, it's a black hole that you jump down. For me, it was like it was the raft. You know, the life was the black ocean, and it, punk rock was the was, raft. It was the valve that just yeah. Like, it was the only thing. Yeah. It's the only thing. It gave me an outlet when I had nothing. It gave me a place to put my anger when I had too much, and it's still the anger boiled over, and still the drug abuse boiled out, and the madness and everything else. But it boiled out in a more controlled fashion because of music and the musicians and the people I had to deal with. And I made lifelong friends. <laughs> I was just gonna change ask. My, change my life. I was gonna ask you, like, like who do you uh, draw, like, draw upon? Well, it's just top of mind, like, oh man, you're still with. There's just so many people. It doesn't matter. Some, some alive, some not, some here, some around. Is it more of a vast net kind of thing? Yeah, like, it's not a so vast much network. One. It's not just one or two, or three yeah. people. It's like it changed my life. Like a lot of the people I know, I know because of music. And the, a lot of the industries I worked in, like even being a bouncer and stuff, was copacetic to being a musician. Right. Like I worked a nightlife job. I worked in venues. So when it came to booking shows and being in a band and stuff, it was easier because I already knew the lifestyle. 
So you know what I mean? And you had to have, you couldn't have a nine to five job normal because you might get called to go out of town and play a, a you know, weird show of, mm-hmm. on the weekend. Was there a place in town that you played at and bounced at? Then that maybe yeah, the it was your favorite. That oh, the big superhero. The big bop, the big bop. Like the right, at, uh, right at uh, Queen, Queen, Queen and, Bra- Bath- and Bathurst. Bathurst yeah. Before it turned into a, what is it, a struck tube? Like, or whatever, on the, on the southeast corner? Yeah, one of these yuppie. It's, I, I remember that stores. happened. A light bulb that happened like 15, 15 years ago or something, right? It happened. A little bit less, but yeah. A little bit less, so I was say 12. Yeah, I'm going to have I was like, what? Oh, man. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Everything. And I like some of the drunken disorderly stories. I've had some good times and some really bad times at the Big Bop. That place was a quintessential Toronto venue. Um, that started off and maintained the punk rock scene for like 40 years in this town. Like, not a joke. A lot of the old, old but, school yeah. punk rockers that I grew up listening to played there. It was like the Toronto CBGB. And in many ways, it was because yeah. we don't have. I mean, we there's don't so have many. That, there's, yeah. there's a lot of iconic bars. In Toronto, you know, Horseshoe, like the, Horseshoe, the and, Opera yeah. House, uh, Cameron, you know, yeah. um, uh, Black Feather. There's a bunch of places mm, that are pretty, call, pretty amazing. But not so much a punk rock but, destination. Yeah. There was no like one. The Big Bop was place. the place. If you went to the downstairs catacombs every fucking Friday or Saturday, catacombs. you could go there and watch yeah. a punk rock show for $5 cover. Wow. And a lot of them are all ages punk rock yeah, shows those, too. Those and that's huge. That means like, you know, you're 16, 15, 17. Those are the shows you were going to because that's the money you had if you were like a broke punk rock kid. You know, you'd pre-drink on like cooking sherry and do yeah. your drugs outside. Oh, we've talked about the stories. Yeah. Yeah. But cooking then for sherry, a $5, a $5 dollar bill or a fistful of change that you could bum in the corner. I was going to say scrounge together, yeah. You're going to a punk rock show. And then right. fuck knows what happens after right. that. Well, that's foundational, man. What what yeah, kind of yeah. things could you go in? Like paying $5 cover, what, what could happen inside like could you oh man unreal i mean it's the whole world of rock and roll that's the whole point that's why i'm saying it's foundational like you walk in you you know you might have your first sexual encounter you might fucking <laughs> you, you you might get you know you know way too drunk and get beat up you might just get beat up could be the same you might, person you might meet the band <laughs> actually it could be the same person for three or sexual four different encounter things. and then you get beat up by them like maybe somebody buys you a beer or someone breaks a beer over your head. Like like I said, it's, it was foundational because, again, the bouncers there were somewhat corrupt. I know because I worked there later. <laughs> so it wasn't like the cleanest environment. They didn't really care if you were like underage and drunk and fucked up. And so the thing is, I know it sounds terrible. Like It sounds like just we're just facilitating um, people's negative behavior. But at the same time, honestly, being a little bit cool with people. And giving them sort of a safer place than just like out right. in the park being a drunk right. fuck. Honestly, I played football. It like, does change. Things. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like you're allowed to hit people here. It's right. like same thing in a mosh pit. Like you probably yeah. had more concussions on the football field than in a mosh pit. Equal, equal to did, or yeah. I certainly did more physical damage playing sports to people than I ever did like in a right. mosh pit. Yeah, because right. in a mosh pit, I'm not really trying. No, it's like if things happen. Say la vie, field, but my job. That's the job. I mean, I'm sorry. Hi. Do you, think, you know what I think my job I'm 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 emotional support. I'm here on the line of scrimmers to tell you that in a few minutes, <laughs> if you don't surrender and lay down on the ground, I'm going to have to step on you. And if I do, I'm going to crush you like a bug. Scary all lineman. Right. Thank you. I heard I'm I heard curious. some comedian the other day describe a football team like he was like, there's 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 not how, how if there's twelve players, I don't know how many how many players on a on a team on the field. Anyone know? Say there's twelve. He's like, it's not twelve football players. It's one guy who can throw a football, one guy who can kick a football, 
couple guys who can catch a football, and then eight murderers. Yeah. So that's basically what football Correct. players' jobs are. Is Absolutely. Just to rip the guy apart. Correct. Or, if you're like, not a wide receiver, uh, running back, or a quarterback, right. then you are one you're of the linemen. And if you're a lineman, like you're me. yes, you're a, you're a man crushing right. monster. That's your right. job. Yeah, right. well, it's they call it the trenches right. for a reason. You're well, like straight up trying no, like the game, to like like football's a game of strategy, but it's a game of strategy based on trench warfare. Yeah. Right. right. You draw lines, those lines are trenches. Right. And you advance your troops from line to line, and there's using the, crushing there's force. There's the finesse guys who dance around those right. lines. You're running, you're running backs, and, and your and your receivers. receivers. And Did you play football? Yeah. Not until long, what not age? Uh, until I got hit by a truck. Oh, uh, that'll do it. Seventeen. And I was like, yeah, I was I was just turning eighteen. Yeah. I remember the stories. In, I'm curious. Oh, go ahead. Well, I don't know. We're gonna be diverge from football to uh, from punk rock to football, but actually, that's okay because I was also can, the only can, like sort can, of gothy can, punk rock guy that played in. football for a little. I was bit, gonna say oh, any, yeah. any football stories of note, any injuries, or any like complete utter destroyals of someone that you were playing opposite. Um, no, I don't want to talk about that, but I will talk about one football party. Okay, here we go. Because it crossed the boundaries in my oh. school, like the, the it walked all the lanes, right? We had, you know, black guys and white guys and Asian guys and all the all the different sort of the classic phenotypes like the you thugs, said and, tech, thugs right? and yeah the thugs and the popular kids and you know and you're saying the football team crossed all of those yeah, yeah. right because yeah. it was who could play and like the locker room was spicy for that because yeah. it was all walks of life in the like, locker room really weird and then, shit. like and I then, had long I had yeah. long hair dyed black with a white stripe <laughs> right. And I, I had uh, I had an eyebrow piercing at the time, so I had to tape that over when I played and like put my hair back and under the helmet. Like it was, there were certain rules. Nowadays it's actually a lot. It's funny. It's a lot looser, but like you had to look a certain way. There was actually you could get called if too much of your hair was hanging out from under helmet and stuff because right. like it, it was like an obstacle to play or whatever. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But the point is they had all kinds of rules. I didn't really understand the Beautiful. game. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a brilliant football strategist. Never was. But being like, you know, I think about it. At 14, I'm like six foot six and I weigh like 400 pounds. It was a no brainer for them. They came to my English class and begged me to play. Like, the guys came and were like, We've seen you yeah. wandering around school. Like, you're a junior. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm in grade you know, nine. And they're like, You have to play. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. This is your destiny. You're, you're the football <laughs> version of in Lord of the Rings when they, or any war movie when they bring in the giant who just walks in and just smashes the, yeah, Goliath. the castle. It's yeah. the Goliath. It's the Goliath complex. Yeah. And everyone's no, like, and we had oh, the, we had did a pretty crazy team. Like it was a lot of really big dudes because it was a very large draw, largest inner city high school in North America. So we had like a lot of draws. So yeah, for some of the, I didn't actually play a full season. I never played a full season of football. I played a preseason and then got injured and that was the end of that. That's how I many injuries, man. It's fucking brutal. Well, like I said, I got hit by a truck at a crosswalk. That, that, <laughs> that'll do it. Like, that'll fucking... Classic sports injury right <laughs> there. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I remember one of the one of the parties you went to, one of these parties, like one of the guys after, you know, getting in the locker room, like throwing my leather trench coat on him, walking out of the, the locker room. And it was like one of the third or fourth practices where it actually played. And they, the guys were like, okay, we have to respect this. Like tighten over here he's doing exactly what we asked him to he like runs over and grabs guys and just tosses them over there and it's like okay we're done with this football thing like you know we got you so i got invited to this party and it was funny because i could tell the guy didn't want to and he's like yeah you're like some metal goth freaker i don't know if i want you at my house but like it's a football party and you're on the team so like you can come to the party and like bring your girlfriend or whatever you know and i was like 
Yeah, okay, man. And I probably won't. Because, like, fuck y'all. Like, fuck y'all. But, okay, we'll see. And it turned out I didn't have anything to do Friday night. So, yeah, I brought my girlfriend on a leash. Literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. To the party, like, all fetished out, like, you know. And so, nice. so I showed up at the front door, and it's just like, it's this big house on the bridal path. And the dude acted like a gangster. Say like, word. He acted like a gangster. This guy was like on the was bridal downtown. path? Yeah, but he it's acted not, like he, he acted like he was like a rich. street. He that's like, like he, the richest neighborhood in Toronto. Yeah, he acted like he was a street gangster. Like, seriously, black dude would show up. He's wearing, like, you know, ghetto gear and shit. I get to his house, literally, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We get out of the cabin. No, and I'm like, you know the cabin? I'm like, yo, someone has to have, like, robbed this place. Or, like, we're just partying in this guy's house. So I show up. His parents are actually there. And the help opens the door. No. The help. And this Asian woman's like, oh, you're here for Michael's party? And I'm like, Michael? He's like, he calls himself like Mick G or some right, shit. I'm like, right. Michael? That's funny. He's like, yeah, down by the pool on the backside. I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. I got to like navigate my way there. Okay, great. So <laughs> me and my girlfriend, again, like I'm not kidding, like this goth girl I was dating, pretty interesting girl. Anyway, she's on a chain. And she's like wandering around and dressed in lingerie. And I'm it's like Adam's family showing leather, up to leather, the fucking... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Adam's family shows up to like Fresh <laughs> right. Prince of Bel-Air's house, right? And his dad, his, dad, his dad was like a big time banker, dude. He comes out in the hallway, very large broad-chested man you're that yeah that's uh fucking uncle phil, phil. phil. yeah but yeah. Not, not 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 fat just big broad-chested okay. like muscular man and he's smoking a cigar and he sees me and he goes you must play ball with my son and i was like what was it the girl on the leash <laughs> and he's like like you boy Go on back to the party. It's by the pool in the back. You find it. Go down the stairs. Down the... So I'm like in this house for like 10 minutes just trying to find the right. party. Right? <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And it, but it's funny about it. Is it blew expectations across the board, right? Here's the poor white guy at the rich black dude's house in the bridal path. From, and the only reason we know right. each other is because we played a little bit of football together. Weird. And he doesn't actually like me all that much, but he's willing to invite me to the party because we all played on the right. same team. Right? It's a good movie. And the funny part about that is, the funny part about that is, we had like a crazy time, like absolutely crazy, because because you can't at those yeah can't not it sorry just got more and more intensely I've strange. Been one of those parties and it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then at some point, also there's always a tipping point too when enough dude, people I'm about are stressed, inside are stressed, and then the dam breaks, and the stress is all gone, and all of a sudden the party just opens up. Yeah. Like, I walked in, and people are kind of nervous, and no one's really sure what's up yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like difference touching the boundaries. And then I'm just like, I'm like, yo, and just drop my leather trench coat, pull my shirt off. I have, like, a whole bunch of uh, of, of drugs taped to my chest, and I'm nice. like, I just wasn't sure if I was going to get arrested on the way over here. And they're like, why would you get arrested on the way over here? And I'm like, I'm a wanted man. Because stuff happens, right? <laughs> right? And I'm like, let's just get fucked. So we're all, and then this other guy's like. In his bag, he pulls out a big bag of weed. All of a sudden, we're all just chilling. All Everyone's of a sudden, it's like, just a bunch of guys just chilling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it changes from that. Like, we right. don't really know each other that well. We're all just sort of guys right. in the same school to, like... Yeah, you become bros. You know, now we're like, partying. You're, like, giving everyone, like, oh, what's that guy's doing? Yeah, and, and by, the like, next, by the ah, next morning... You're just like, man. By the next morning... This is the craziest part. By the next morning, we're being served breakfast by, like... No. Staff. But it's, like, one of those things, like, I'm laying on a chair... Blank, with, blank with a couple styles. of girls under my like coat and this woman shows up and she's like good morning and starts opening the curtains and downstairs and laying out trays with like coffee and <laughs> and crumpets and stuff on them did i die and i'm like i just couldn't reconcile the situation with what was up right. so 
like ate some crumpets, leashed my girlfriend and took a walk, like I had to go, but it was interesting times. Did I just party with Aerosmith or what? <laughs> well, that's the thing, like music, sports and stuff like that, those pure bonding experiences are super weird that way because they do change your life forever. I mean, I remember we, we played a show in our, uh, I don't know if I've told this story before to you guys, but we played a, a, a festival show once that just bombed. Because the guy running the festival was a total clown. The yeah. festival bombs yeah. and he in kept, general? Yeah, because yeah. he kept jacking the prices on the tickets at the last minute because he wasn't thinking he was selling enough and like Oof. made terrible arrangements and changed the camping. And so things went – so basically nobody came except for like bands, their drivers, and their girlfriends. <laughs> so we all show up at this land. It's not like a campground, like a provincial campground. It's like a KOA run by some like lunatic right. drunk guy on an ATV right. with oh, a gun rack. Right. Like one of those campgrounds. Like, I own some land and I rent it to campers. Like one of them serial killer looking white trash motherfuckers like Deliverance styles. <laughs> this is another movie. You've described two movies. <laughs> We're right on now. fire tonight. Well, I'm telling you, music, music, sports, drugs, that's part of the story. And I forgot that that was part of the story. So I'm going to get into that. That's why I'm going. That's why it's solid gold. Because it hit me on, you know, I've been thinking about maybe the content and how I should deliver it. But this is it. That that particular camping experience taught me three things about being a person that I never thought I would know. Huh. One, it taught me how to have like an adult style, almost like kangaroo court. When there is no one mm. around to judge the guilty and you, someone has to, mm. how do you do that? Like, how do you... So what happened in this particular story on that, this one one member of one of the bands, lead singer of the band, he punched his girlfriend in the stomach Ooh. at the event. And there's no one here with bands and girlfriends and stuff, right? Always a party killer. So we all heard about it. So middle of the night, there we are at the fire. And dude gets dragged out of his tent and dragged to the fire. And we're all there, like 20 dudes like other singers and stuff in bands and we had like a community court we were like well what do we do with you and like let's hear it out like, like what's your defense right. yeah like, what's like the... why did this happen yeah that's exactly right like you know she came up and she cried and told her story and he was there and we were like i want the whole thing and we all heard the story and then at the end we had a little bit of conversation and we all looked at the guy and we we're like had her gut and he was like what and i'm like head or gut because no. i was adjudicator right and he was like gut so i fucking drilled him right in the stomach as hard as i could just hit him doubled him over then a bunch of guys dragged him back to his tent while he was like puking and still trying to recover and it was explained to him that that was his one and only freebie in the punk rock community right like you don't hit women you're not that kind of guy just don't do it it's not right if you got to leave her and make her cry if you got to fucking make her sleep in some other tent we'll find a place for her there's lots of people here with girls like on the campsite will take care of her that's fine you know there's like 70 of us here I'm sure we'll find a van for her to stay in or a fucking other tent for her to crash in, you know, if you can't get away from each other. But you don't beat her on the campground in front of us and, like, right. fucking expect yeah, nothing to happen. Insane. That's just not cool. And if we did nothing, we'd be just as guilty as him for doing it, mm. in my mind. And the second thing I learned was that if you're on stage and you're really hungover and one person pukes, <laughs> you're all going to puke. It was the only time my entire band threw up on stage at – like, not the same time, but in the same set. Because they were fishing us out of various... I was I was found under a park bench on the other side of the park. Nice. What time did you perform compared to, like, when you passed out? Or, like, how did I it was work? Like, like, we had three different shows on four different days. And the shows were, like, we had different shows each day. And it was just 
So it's one like you had, giant you had one afternoon bender. set, one evening set. Yeah, and just otherwise, it was just this reckless bender of absolutely right. insane proportions. So like one night, I slept in a lawn chair wearing a Superman towel. And Were you I wearing slept. the towel like a cape? Yes. Thank God. Thank one, God. Night, one night, I slept under a park bench and was found under the park bench. Another time, like, I fell asleep. Were on you wearing a, the bench like a park bench? Sort of, yeah. I fell asleep <laughs> on a floaty. Luckily, it wasn't like a river. It was like a pond. And I, like, floated out in the middle of the pond oh, yeah, and was, like, God. completely unconscious. And and they, they couldn't. There's a giant on that floaty. boat or anything. So they ended up having to send a couple other guys in on, like, inflatable animals and shit to, like, drag me back to I'll shore. Tell you the, An aquatic that, rescue? That, that, like, thing that they had to, like, drag in the, the crap or whatever. Oh, like the pole the, hook? The no, pole. it was too far out in the pond. It was, like, a pretty big pond, so. And because of wind and whatever, I just floated out right to the middle. I was completely sunburned. Oh like, man, that's the worst, eh? Getting wasted uh, uh, and then waking up sunburnt. Wow, talk I about the that. Bottoms of my feet. One yeah. Time. Oh, I was about to say. My I cousin a, did I that. I was on a deck and I had my feet up on it's, the rail of the deck. That's and brutal. I had sunscreen uh, on everywhere, right? So I thought, oh, I'm gonna walk. be smart. I got my sunscreen on. Had my hat pulled down. I'm on the. You're like I'm all set. And my feet are blisters. And the afternoon came down, and the bottom of my fucking feet roasted them. Worst weekend ever. You think a sunburn is bad? Try burning the bottom of your feet. You, you can't, can't do fucking anything. stand, You're bro. You're done. Like the rest of your weekend is like sitting on the deck. You, you trying to walk around. Were you as were you as tall as everybody else the rest of the weekend? Because you're walking around on your knees. Like <laughs> I just basically. Hey, Bob. Well, was something different about uh, you. You're more our height. <laughs> a, a buddy of mine. I brought him up on previous uh, previous podcast, but Fishpool. I think you've met him in high school. We we went. We did like it's a great cottage, name by cottage the way. weekend. Yeah, it's a killer name. Uh, and um, so he, he's redhead, like super freckly, like just the worst. Redhead like, be out sun. One day, it was like a day in July. I think day in June, we skipped the afternoon of school, went to our buddy's cottage, and we we're out all day long. No, uh, no, no sunscreen. sunscreen. No protection. He yeah. got bliss, like bubbly blisters, like that were like a half inch to an inch, to the point where his t-shirt, like. The, the the next day he was wearing a t-shirt only but then his t-shirt would stick to his shoulders because yeah. he has pussy pussy yeah bu- like bubbly blisters his shoulders and back were like um like like bubble that actually wrap. should have required like, medical attention yeah man there's a yeah, reason it why like it was like actual like whatever degree burns there's a reason why worst. daywalkers and gingers like fear the oh. sun because it's not good for the men we were well in his defense though we just got carried away we played we invented a game that day called chuck me pepsi which we had no sports balls did you ever did you ever play games with buddies where you didn't have proper equipment so, so you, you made it up with like, game. like a, just carry I, on so we had kick the can and so the guy on the beach would no look throw a Pepsi as high as he could over his head, and all of us were were not looking, and we would wait to hear the splash, and then the game was to turn around and swim out, and you had to go find the Pepsi, and so the game was called Chuck and Me Pepsi. You guys should try it at home. Right, I told I like, you, I told you guys uh, the similar story about how I, I hit Rich in the head with rocks until it was mathematically yeah. impossible. Right, right. right. Yes, of course I've invented sports, although mine right. are usually a little I like more. how we tried our best to refrain from showing Coca-Cola ads on the podcast, and then, and then he calls out Pepsi. a Pepsi. Oh, Chuck and me Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, it's what are we, yeah. good work, what are we doing here? Yeah. Chuck and me Pepsi. Chuck and me Pepsi. It's a fun game. Sorry about your... Uh, do, you guys, do you guys remember... Uh, 
uh, late great movies on CTV. CTV late greats, yes, that were voiced by Mark. Uh, he would introduce them. Yeah, yeah. What's his name, Mark? Uh, I can't remember either. But no, but the guy. Yeah, who, yeah. he was amazing. But CTV what, everywhere. What I remember about CTV, City TV, is they used to do. It was City TV. Oh, sorry, City what TV. They, what they used yeah. to do was they'd have members of their newscast do the voiceovers for films they were playing before it was like late night, blue night. Oh. Right? So, like, you'd have to do voiceovers, right? Like, they'd edit out swear words. Baby Blue, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they would... Absolutely. And one of my favorites was Harold... Everyone loves... Shout out to Mr. Harold Hussein. Like, hilarious dude. Shout out to Hussein. Yeah, he's been a... He still does the radio... Does he? The weather? The weather newscast for, I think, it's one of the talk radio news or news radio... Stations in Toronto, but anyway, beautiful, beautiful. Song. He used to do the the news broad, the weather broadcasts for City TV, and I, I swear to you, this may be trivia. And if you're out there, Harold, and you ever hear this somehow, or if there's anyone who's a City TV news historian or whatever can cover this with me, I want to know for sure because I'm certain of it. But they played um, the first Die Hard, yeah, and you know that scene when he's like, "You be okay, eh, motherfucker," yeah. right? Well. They, Harold Hussein, his voice was guaranteed the one that said, yippee okay, Mr. Falcon, <laughs> in that edit, because they were editing out the swear words. And I'm telling you, to this day. Because it sounded day, like a question. Mr. Falcon? Yeah. And it's also, <laughs> it's, but it's also, it, yeah. Yippee okay, yeah. motherfucker, when he hits him with the fucking. That's insane. But this was years ago, right? This was years ago. It, right? They're but like, yeah. yo, Harold, 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 get over Harold, here. Come here, come here. Because they're editing it for that night, right? You can totally see it. And I know, I mean, you know, now that I know how TV production and stuff works, the guy's like, look, I got these movie edits cut for tonight. They don't have like the pre cuts. It's like, okay, we're, this is going on at nine instead of 11. So we got to get the swears out of it because we're the kids on TV, you know, watching, right? So just go over here. Just say, right. Mr. Say, say, Mr. Falcon. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> done. Good. Done. And they just threw it. Say Go something on. that sounds like motherfucker, uh, Mr. Falcon. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> but, it, but it's Harold Hussein. He has this very bubbly East Indian voice. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> you know, and it's it's great. And I'll never forget it. It was one of those Clearly like. Clearly not Bruce. Uh, no, no. Definitely not Bruce didn't Willis. sound like Bruce Willis. Not at all. Like Mr. Falcon. <laughs> it was it's so good. And I, like I said, I want that confirmed. So I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that to the weaponized autism that is the, the internet. You guys just like powerhouse yourselves through this. Weaponized autism that is the internet. Wow. Well quoted. Wow. That's good. Okay, so at this point of the show, we uh, typically like to send it out to the studio audience. Luna! Luna, what do you got for us? Luna, say something. How you Puppy. feeling, girl? Puppy. Luna, we're looking at you. Bark, bark, bark. Wanna go for a walk? Is someone at the door? Walk? Someone at the door? Someone at the door? Wait, watch this. Somebody watch this. Watch Wait, this. Ready? Ready? Who's that, Luna? There she is. All right. All right. And we're back. And we're back. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to point this one out. <laughs> I was like, that, that was, was like really on, lame. That was like on the Tonight Show when <laughs> even the, Luna when knew the, that was lame. She was like, you know what? I'm tricked, but that's because my yeah. brain's the size of an when acorn. Had, when, you, they, sir, when the when the when the you did it when the Tonight when shows. the pet tricks person comes on, the the pet doesn't do the trick, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. She normally does it, but she's not. Yeah, doing how it. would Johnny uh, right. recover from this? He'd be like, oh. <laughs> well, uh, I remember when uh, Muff didn't always dive. <laughs> no, he'd put his turban on and make more racially appropriate jokes. Like, yeah, that's, that's, what he would do. that's a good point. 
Right. Would Johnny Carson? He'd be, be more. He'd be today? more like our. He'd be more like yes, our prime minister. He would, but he also wasn't alive today, so that's okay. He would adapt because he was a comedian. Little, uh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. What do yeah, you think? I think it was whiskey. Do you like that? I think it was just cream. Little. What do you got? Yes, sir. Audience question: uh, What did you just call me, what? sir? Did that feel weird for you? Well, you are older than him, and you were typically that's me what happens. And saying yeah, you looked like at me, and everybody we're like, in this sir? room in, is like, "Oh, you think I'm older than you?" In life, you respect You're your elders. You're making that weird. Yeah, that's what's happening <laughs> yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah, except uh, that you know you may have sorry, seniority Kareem, over him. Don't mind him. Funny. He's weird. What I mean by that <laughs> is, you better say, sir. You can still be friends. Sure. Uh, I what was I talking about? Uh, I was thinking. Oh yeah, you're you're asking about uh, sports injuries causing sports sports injuries. Uh, you cause any sports injuries, Kareem? Huh. A few, yes. Really? <laughs> Wrestling? No, actually. I, Just uh, when I actually do martial arts, I, I don't think. Actually, no, I did cause. A, <laughs> never mind. I'm not tell the story. To, tell the story. He digress. <laughs> um, I was think about back in high school. Uh, Actually, I think I dislocated somebody's ankle nice. the first time with I was introduced to football. With like a, with a hold, like American football, not because everybody else in the world call, uh, calls soccer football. Right, right, right. You have, but, to call, you have to call it American football. You mean yeah. right? The barbarians. Exactly. How did right. you do it? You um, so yeah, I tackled him, and purposely, um, purposely yeah, back in high school, ankle. I was still the biggest guy in the, in the school. So I tackled him, and apparently his foot was not set, and yeah, that did not end up end well for him. <laughs> it's worse when they're set. And oh. What yeah. do you mean his foot was not set? So I think he he, he didn't land properly. He oh, was still okay. like halfway in the air gotcha. while I tackled him. So, so his leg just hit the ground and crumpled under. So him. his leg hit the ground at a weird angle, and there's my two hundred and thirty or twenty pounds at the time hit him and. Hit it's, the ground on it's top. It's not. Of it's not even your pounds to measure it. It's your force of those pounds. Yeah, that so, was running towards him. I tackled him and, and it, I fell yeah. on top of Physics him. Physics then takes and his hold ankle and... just went. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did pull a guy's shoulder out of the socket. Yeah. Just in the line of scrimmage, we hit. He's got you know you, you, your arms are on each other and you're sort of wrestling back and forth. But instead of letting him wrestle, I just sort of stepped on his foot, leaned in, pulled his arm this way, and pushed his body that way. And. They pulled them apart. Question for either one of you: Did yeah. you then do a celebratory dance over their crumpled corpse? No, I was too busy. <laughs> no, I was. I was still playing the game. Yeah, uh, you go me, ahead. I you go think ahead. I was more like scared because I was. I think I was like twelve or thirteen. You didn't do a little K Rock shuffle. You thought you were gonna yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. You were like, you ran home crying and to I your was parents. Like, <laughs> I learned. It's too bad. It's too bad you guys are talking about these injuries because, like, when McNabb was here, he's a huge football star and. We played on the same team together. The guy, you saw him. He's a giant. And we had him on the kickoff team. And I played contain with him. And so the kickoff comes in. And I think it's East York or who is that? Somebody, Lee side. And I come in. And on contain, the whole point is just like get closer to the play. But don't commit until the play comes to you. And then make sure the guy doesn't get past you. Because the contain is you're coming on the outsides. And you just squeeze in like pinchers. So I'm containing. I'm coming in, and out of nowhere, there's a fucking train comes through, and just <laughs> come, just shoulder into this guy's head. The guy does a 180. <laughs> Suddenly, he's his ass on tea kettle, and like the noise and the vision, like, and it's just Nabber just coming through. Who's like yeah. six six, yeah, two seven. Yeah, no like. attempt to tackle. Just like whoosh, he just runs through like a train. 
guy goes 180 like just ball out like yard sale and oh yeah. man oh. and, and, and McNabb doesn't like it's actually good to hear because he doesn't like telling that story because he just the kid didn't you know the kid was out for the rest of the game right and he doesn't, he's like McNabb's like, it's like well at Central Tech injury. for quite a while the, the playbook was yeah. obvious it was crush and kill and because yeah. we had the biggest heaviest team in the league it was like there were a lot of teams that did that that's exactly they, they put their star players on the bench for games against us they're like no because what you're going to do is you're going to kill our quarterback and he's the only guy that's getting us games outside of the season so fuck it we're just gonna yeah, you guys developed yep. a, a dirty rep because by the time we were playing very dirty we were like n- notoriously told to be frightened of you but like northern was the only team that had enough skill to at least attempt yeah. to play but you guys still played hard so I'm not, I'm not i'm not joking i like i was in, i was in the early part of that organization that was definitely going the way of the like the dinosaurs is where we see uh, children's sports nowadays it was it was definitely the era when it was like you can get really fucked up and you can really hurt people like i ended my football career on an injury note but i also caused enough ending of other people's football careers playing just a few i didn't play even a few seasons and i fucking did people's children serious injury like breaking their legs in six places you know just hey, on they're a, stronger from it just on a simple running just on a simple running play because the protocol was if you're going to hit them hit them with everything you got even if it's nothing so the guy doesn't even really have the ball he's just next to catching the ball and just gets crushed between two guys who almost weigh 400 pounds a piece right like that was what our back end looked like it was just one of those like those frogman click click squish Right maneuvers, you know, like in, in in Mario Brothers, the Womps, you know, and you like activate those big block monsters that fall on you. You know, it's like that, right, except right, you have right, two right. of them coming at you from both sides, right? Garth Brooks wrote a song about uh, Bob uh, <laughs> went something like, uh, "Well, your leg breaks in six places." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a question for you, Bob. Uh, my question is getting back to punk rock. Uh, tell us about a crazy punk rock experience, like a drunken, disorderly punk rock, either in an audience or while you're on stage. Crowd surfing for the very first and only time in my life. Oh my gosh. Was probably a really impressive experience. I was drunk as fuck. It was our show. <laughs> we sold out. The upstairs, the Big Bob, again, the cathedral upstairs. We sold out the upstairs. 395 tickets, which is not fucking bad for a band that nobody knows. Like, you know, a teenage punk rock band. We sold the place out. And I got on stage, and we whipped them into such a fucking frenzy, I knew the crowd would do it. And I got to the front of the stage, and I said, I'm going to crowd surf. By the way, I'm 6'11". No, they don't know me. Like, everybody knows me. <laughs> but the thing is, no, to be, tr- to be honest with you, you know those those, like trust exercises where you catch someone who's falling Mm -hmm. if a couple hundred people put their arms up above their head (laughs) it only takes a couple hundred people i'm saying nobody (laughs) no individual is holding anything more than five or ten pounds right Right. and of course a couple hundred hands are on you at once but the point is right seriously you make it sound so much worse than it is you really are but you're like the scariest person (laughs) it was a great experience oh no so i turned my back on the audience and i totally gave them all my faith like 100 (laughs) percent. and i was expecting to fall on my ass on the concrete floor and get hurt i really was no doubt 
I was like, I expect the audience just wouldn't do it. I expect they were going to. So wait, you turn? That's how you turned back? <laughs> I turned backwards to them. Instead, he just. And I just went like this, and fell backwards off the oh, stage no. with the microphone in my hand. That and that's woman. the best feeling that poor, to poor woman. to feel like you're going to hit concrete. Yeah, and I was expecting to get hit, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of soft hands. I don't have back. And because there were so many people right there waiting to catch me, it didn't hurt anybody. Nobody got injured. Everyone looks like we got him. And I rode in the crowd for a bit, and they put me down, and I sang part of the next song wow. as I was running out in the crowd. And I'll tell you right now, that, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, that shit, that was one of those moments in the rock and roll sphere where I truly, with my feet at the floor at that fucking show, I felt like a rock and roll god. I was I so happy with god. myself. Yeah, and I was so touching, proud of my fucking fans. Touching down again, yeah. Yeah. It was amazing, like, man. Like you, you and like I said, the, I'm not yeah. one of those guys. I don't crowd surf. Like, I don't go to shows and try and, like, get on the crowd. Even if the crowd's big enough that I could jump on them, they couldn't go anywhere. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't do that because that's just a dick move. Like, I've seen guys jump off, like, you know, 20-foot high speaker racks and expecting the crowd to catch them. That's amazing. When they did, just, ca- when they did catch me though, and they, when they did catch me, I oh, yeah, no, I felt no man, I felt really good. I was like, you know what, I got not only, not only this crowd like willing to take that chance and give it a go, but they're here for me this time. That's I just pretty cool. Picture the first people in the front row, like no matter what, like I get the physics of everyone, but no matter what, if you're the person immediately in front of you, you're like, oh no. <laughs> Like well, it's actually partially why I did it. I looked, I looked into terrified. the audience, and I'm well, looking like if down you're there at them. alone. Like, no, but the thing is, Lars, I looked down into the audience, looked at them, and I saw these faces looking up when right, I said I was going to do it. Right. And I didn't see Still panic scary. or fear. Right. I saw punk rockers right. clenching their knuckles like right. this and you're going, like, fuck yeah, we, got we can this. do this. We yeah, got yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, and I was like, yeah. okay, now I'm not afraid. Now I'm not going to. I didn't actually think I was going to hit my head. If there's enough eyes, no. like going like, yeah. like I was terrified. You I never would have hit the floor. You would have hit a bunch of bodies. bodies. <laughs> no, your, they could have moved. They could have moved. I've seen no, that but too. not enough people. But you knew I worked that, at the opera. I worked, no, I worked happen. at the opera house, and I watched the guy said jump over a twenty foot speaker yeah, rack, yeah. and the crowd just opened up. But you and he went they, face they first onto that concrete floor, shattered he, his orbital bone as yeah, I was right. hanging out of his head. But he didn't rally the crowd. No, he was just some guy thinking, oh, I can just do this. But you like connected. You knew they had your back. I knew. Like I said, and it's the only time I've ever crowd surfed in my life and it was impressive That's awesome. this question may be similar to the, to how you got started in football but when uh with the punk rock scene and bouncing like you said you you performed and bounced at the big bop which started first and did one precipitate the other <sighs> interesting question um when it comes to punk rock performing in music I have one guy to thank for that and I haven't talked to the guy in years because we had a bit of a falling out but his name is Tyler and he knows who he is. And so if he's ever sees these, and I'm not sure if he does, but, you know, man, despite all the shit that's gone down over the years. It's all love. You know what I mean? You're still there in my heart for that shit. Um, he introduced me to punk rock music, basically. Well, I'd always dabbled in singing. Like, I was in choir and played band when I was a kid. I played the trombone and stuff. Like, I, I, was, I always had some inclination Musicality. towards that shit. But the, he was sort of the influence of the punk rock thing. He got a guitar. And we both took lessons, but he obviously took them more seriously than me because he could like really, really play. Man could fucking play all instruments. Like he just had the no, neck. no guitar specifically. Oh, okay. he, could, he could play guitar. He could also write a pretty, a pretty clippy punk rock song. So we started playing. You know, we started playing like you know, 
preppy little punk rock songs in his in his bedroom at his mom's apartment, you know. And we had a, a bass player turn out to not be the right guy. We found a few people, and mm. it's always the bass player that, that like you know you got. Yeah, it, it took us a while. Us yeah, it took us a while, but we started playing like you know just nothing little songs. And I guess what happened was I was never really going to be a singer. I was just hanging out, you know, just jamming and stuff. But it just happened to turn out that I can carry a tune with my voice, and not only that. I can keep the timing and I've got good breathing and I, you know, it's, I just happen to be a singer. It just works out that way. And apparently I'm quite good at it. Got fact, a little so. bit of stage presence. That Flair. doesn't hurt. That little, doesn't hurt. A little yeah, flare. And you put that all together and we, we ended up having a very interesting little like, you know, three piece punk ensemble that we played for a long time. And we did really well. And in fact, we were really close to getting signed by Universal when we had this massive meltdown and just, the band nice. broke up, Classic. but I'm sure people have heard. That's really, like, that's very punk rock. Wow, that's actually the way. That's you're the way to you're. Do it. Yeah, well yeah. done. People have heard about you know members of my band in other contexts from that era because they have played in other bands since and done well for themselves and whatnot. I just oh. didn't have the the heart after the couple of really serious fallouts that bands had to just deal with the bullshit. I can't do the business of, of music. Well, one, two. Three. I think we can restart the band, boys. We, we did. We're on episode twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a podcast band now. <laughs> so uh, I presume that this leads towards the idea of. So okay. So to answer my question, you got uh, forwarded on this band. Yeah, and then I, and then I was already I was already a uh, night life person like you know going to clubs and bars mm. and the band was just something that we did in high school like we were you know we were like do with the punk kids and the goth kids and that's what we did but then my mom being in the hospital is actually what got me into bouncing and ah. that's because the same i told you the story so, about my buddy dave right. who worked in the ca- cafeteria at the hospital right. so what, what ended up happening was bouncing and playing music definitely intersected but that was later. Hmm. That was actually later in life when, when I started using my bar contacts to get me gigs and nice. to help with getting friends of mine gigs and, you know, working out, you know, because you had to meet promoters. And where are you going to meet promoters? I mean, if you don't know anybody and you're just fucking some teenager, like, you know what I mean? It's not like these people <laughs> come and talk to you, right? Yeah, you just don't have the life experience at that time. This is pre-internet, so you have to meet people. It's all, it's all put. Yeah, well, it's not pre-internet, but it's like MSN Messenger. I was gonna say, yeah, it was ICQ before. Yeah, before before internet was what it was capable of. Like, yeah, we had in a very infantile stage. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have MySpace page? Cam Cam said he brought up his MySpace the other day and he found it and it's like half it's dilap- a thing. Yeah, well, it's half it's dilapidated. No, because the, the runners stopped updating it, so half right. of the flashes oh, are just I not. See. So he not could just he could decipher parts of it. That's but great. like, wow, yeah, it was like a relic, man. It was crazy. Wow. You know, it's funny that's kind of that is kind of neat. Yeah. It's like it's like finding Constantinople on the internet. No you know, it's yeah, like it seriously. may or may yeah. not exist anymore. Yeah, it's like the one of those scenes in like a like um 
Indiana Jones where he's yeah, through yeah. the jungle and he finds this like statue, but instead it's just a shitty old website. Yeah. <laughs> or like or like you're playing surfing the dark web and you find like something that says AOL on it. What, or like what, what the this? fuck? Or like Planet Friendster. of the A Planet of the Apes where like you scroll across an old web browser and it's yeah. like you from like another time. Remember like, bulletin boards? Do you guys remember yeah, like yeah. bulletin boards? Well, with like yeah. tacks that you put on them? Were... No, like they were called like internet but I remember those two, but like internet bulletin boards boards were like early websites where it was basically like it was pretty much just a google drive kind of thing where you could list files and that was like where you'd like well, post a message you and, could you could yeah because, you, because the name of the file would be like oh all those who like wolfenstein right i, I put this oh, skin right. on it yeah wolfenstein right. 3d so you'd pin it up you'd pin it up on the bulletin <laughs> yeah, board wolfenstein. and someone else could see and then they could come and download if you Duke let them nuke you have to let them download you have to let them download off your system so they right. have these download requests it would take like nine hours then to get like your wolfenstein i patch. used to overnight download yeah. a picture of yeah. porn like just girl like a just a picture of a girl and it would take <laughs> it would take all night or okay. it was like a gif it was like okay, i'm not i'm not proud like i'm not proud this. but i'm a i'm a western male and then i'd hide it and let me a, tell you this in a hidden, I can, fo- in no, a hidden folder I, I wasn't savvy enough for that i wouldn't make a whole i couldn't wait for a whole photo so like what i would do basically was what would happen was i would you would really you would draw a cartoon of I porn. I would download the porn page, let it start to run, then hide it in a backup file, and let it run for however long it took to get to load up something. Yeah. Right. So what would end up, I see. So I was, I'm not a computer expert. I'm not even close. And my ex-wife will tell you, like I'm like computer in savvy. But I learned how to do this from a buddy of mine. I was like, yeah, you just you hide it behind another function. Like you load up a game. Let it keep loading, but just run this through. Like A, B, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember any of it because it was just DOS. It was like the end of this DOS command. And what you do is you basically just attach the file to another running file. So I leave SimCity on and tell my dad not to turn SimCity off on the computer because I'm like doing some SimCity shit. But instead, (laughs) SimCity is just downloading like like this this porn porn envelope for me, right? Like it was was like five or six pictures, right? It's like a spread. It was like a spread, right? It's like a Playboy spread. So it's like five or six pictures, but it would take like. 88 hours right, right. so <laughs> people so listening to this now this must be blowing your mind because now it's like all but i'm also certain my dad caught me i'm also certain now. my dad caught me yeah. and then like, just reactivated well, sim city and let it run and be like just pretended he didn't did you you're old enough that you probably bought porn and magazines magazines porn. man oh, like yeah. this is so in in middle <laughs> school my That's my hilarious. my introduction to, to grade seven was like here's the here's a guy who can get you weed porn and like something else it was like cigarettes yeah cigarettes it was like what the fuck like porn like yeah magazine it's like yeah porn magazine that's ridiculous like one day my mom she's in my room like helping me clean clean my room or like flip my mattress and i forget i just like i'm a fucking 15 year old just like now right yeah i'm just like whatever every boy thank you yeah had that scenario and like every mom has found every son's porn yeah we lift up the mattress and she's like oh there's all my fucking like like lingerie magazines. Like, where have they been? I'm like, yeah, that they, they, they're, they're all sticky. nice. It's like Sears catalog, Victoria's Secret. It's all the Vicky Secrets, man. Right. Like, those those are the best. Oh my god. Now see, I, my, Victoria's Secret. My parents made sure to like destroy the truth and make sure it was all lies. We're gonna close on this stuff. They made sure it was all lies. They're like this this drawer is for your personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Your teenage, you have personal things. You put it in this drawer. Who so, said that? 
My parents. Wow. So I found yeah, they're it's all lies. So I found I found porno at the at the gym. I was at the swim gym at you know, and, and some guy had come in, his wife's already told him to throw his obviously told him to throw his porn out. So where did he go? He threw it out at the gym. So in the in, in the locker room in the garbage can. That's well, crazy. It, it makes some sense though, right? Like yeah, you think don't about throw it out right? my home. Well, you don't want to put it like in the garbage can in front of your house because what right. if the little lady next door like sees right. all your porn? But the guys at the gym, they'll be like, "Hey, right." So anyway, that's where I got my first few porn. <laughs> so the garbage can at the gym. gym. At that, you know? jams ninety six. So, so I had gyms. my shit in my personal drawer, and my stepmother opens the personal drawer. Uh oh. I don't know if I'd left it open or she opened it, but either way, she sees the porn stash. And the point is, she has this. She's fit in my. Do dad. you remember the name of the magazine? Oh, it was like, just a Playboy. Okay. It was just a Playboy, but I remember. I do remember the argument, and I remember how I ended it. I, I mean, it was great. She says to me, she says to me, "Do you think women actually look like that?" And I said, "I have photographic evidence that suggests as much." Right. I think so. Some of them could. <laughs> right. And that was. Then I walked away. Well, yeah. Look, look, there look, it is. They look kind of like that, right? And this is Playboy. This, there's no airbrushing. This None, is like not back time. then. Yeah. There's still maybe like maybe 70s Bush bit, involved. The whole little, deal. I'm like, no, I have bit. a feeling there are women that actually look like that. In fact, like I said, I have photographic evidence that suggests they might. Ah, feminism. <laughs> well, despite anyway, what we day. might have said earlier, it definitely smells like fart again. Yeah, I don't oh, know who did come it. Come on, we've come I'm full this circle. I'm Lars this time. I definitely did Lars not fart. Started the we have a leaker. This is, fear here. This, this is, is my when you studio. Leak. I have self-respect and respect for you no, guys. No, so. we don't. You have a yeah, leakage. Of course I do. It's when you fart and you don't know you fart. I definitely did not fart. I definitely did not. It's from working out too much and taking too much some of the protein. Myself there, Larzy. I don't smell it, which makes me seem guilty, but I did not. It's from it. taking too many full body. I feel tan. like this is a conspiracy between you guys like made eyes and you're like, we're going to finish on blaming the fart on Lars. It's a, it's a, it's a conspiracy like against this. people who get full body like um, shaves, like full this. body shaves. I do not like this. It's your fault for getting cream. Final bleed, parting bleed. words. Anything about porn you want to say? Three. Admit. Nope. Stories. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing nope. about yeah. porn? Nope. You've never had any porn experiences? Not that I want to share. Your mom never caught you up by the woodshed? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I had a childhood friend who uh, he we he, he or we found a Playboy from his dad and we took it outside and basically we kept it buried in a groundhog like hole hidden? yeah yeah uh it was like buried in a groundhog hole in a plastic bag uh, like through rain and like weather that's what boys will do and to then preserve and the then playboy and then panicked like he, he hit the panic button and like was like took it back and replaced it and put it back but it was like swollen from weather <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he and his father have never talked about it to this day so but clearly his, well like, like i said dad, i think my dad caught the sim city run right he was like on the computer working and just turned it off by accident and there's this porn file loading and i think he just turned the sim city back on and forgot about it because there's no way he couldn't have caught me like i'm not computer savvy i'm not a hacker okay like it's not even close i didn't know what i was doing i thought i was really suave but i'm it's, just not so we can't finish clearly. on porn we can't finish on porn Why not? we it's went clearly can we don't finish yeah. on porn or finish up. You know what? Uh, Most people finish that's with what, porn. Yeah, that's Follow us at uh, 39DD Show on Instagram. And if you absolutely Facebook. have to beat one out, you can. Do Just it. send your girl the pictures. Good, but do it in private. Don't do it in public or around kids. No, but seriously, send, send, send your girl the pictures. He's in need. <laughs>
That's hilarious. <laughs> Jabril the Thrill, one of our uh, co-producers, production assistants. I don't know what his title is, uh, but he's uh, semi here. He's sorely missed. By the way, should we briefly talk about Jim today? So we send out a group oh, yeah. Facebook kind of being like, "Hey, everyone, in for the podcast tonight." <laughs> And Jim was like, <laughs> thumbs up. Jim Tooby, the Tubinator, we're, we're, if you're listening to this, love we him. love you. Um, but he was like kind of positive, like looking good or like something upbeat. And then it was like a cavalcade, seven, a fucking waterfall, 27 meme gifs, meme gifs. Am I explaining it's just, it right? It's just gifs. Meme gifs of a penguin falling into ice. It's a penguin like walking, walking and then <laughs> slipping and then falling into ice into the water. And then like four hours later, he was like, sorry, guys, not going to be able to make it tonight. And we were like, what was that? And I was like, yeah, I couldn't tell because you're 30 gifs of you falling into the ice. I was suggested stroke. I was here at the studio doing shit, kind of like cleaning, doing my errands, doing whatever I do during so the day. Masturbating here. to porn. No, no, I actually wasn't. I was not. Uh, we were just was, talking about that. Was, so that's why it was a segue. Well, natural. but we were talking about it. I get it. But that, for the record, was not what I was doing at the time. That's what you're um, supposed to say when people okay. say you're. All right. You closed the porpoise. You closed the blinds in the middle of the day to make it feel more like night, right? So I was. Doing things around okay, here, and then I hear ping, 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 and it was fucking Jim's penguin gif. He sent us, and then he described it like he had like a like a Facebook Messenger stroke. What happened, Jim? I was like, we need to screen cap this or something. When, when oh, we get yeah, more fans in this don't podcast, worry. This, we'll this show is, you this, this right is now. Going on you can imagine. It was on. It was on. I I'm going to add it in post. Don't worry about it. You'll see what, he's, what they're talking about. Good. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Kareem. And thank, thank you, everybody, for listening up until now. We appreciate you. You can hear us everywhere. Share this with your friends, too. Don't forget to do also, that. Also, remember, remember, sorry, really importantly, though, remember, share us with your friends. Look for us online. I've been I've been telling people how to find us, but... If you're confused, just be stalwart, my friends. <laughs> the internet is a fucking bastard. It's not hard. It, 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 We're I everywhere. know it's not. We're I know it's everywhere not, you listen to I, podcasts. I keep saying this. We're everywhere. Soon, we, like syphilis, shall be in your home. We're we, going we, viral. Just talk about, about us around your smartphone and just say 39DD show. And the next time you Google something, it'll come up because it and knows. Also, and that's it. remember, don't forget to have babies have a oh, bunch right. of Breed. babies fuck Breed. a bunch have babies and then convince them to listen to the podcast right. as well yeah while they're being um conceived conceived and yeah you should conceive you should listen to the podcast while you're listening to the podcast and mother and then during the gestational period have them listen to the podcast bob's voice has been uh proven for positive development yeah Just, it increases the intellectual capacity of your children yeah. by at least they come our. 12%. They come out already able to handle these. How about twelve percent? What do you think? That's good. Twelve. That's twelve. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, it's not, it's not demonstrable by science, but it's You'll also not or actionable legally. So your child will have good addiction. Yeah, right Can't be proven. That means it might be right. Keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. Because those kids are the only ones that are going to get us out of this muck. We do it all for the kids. Greta, you're doing a hell of a job. Keep it up. Thank you, Seattle. Did you there? Podcast over now. <laughs> <laughs>